Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ungakuru, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of December 16th, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello. Konbanwa, minasan. Ginki. Oh, yeah, I heard a lot of that a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago. <laughs> oh, honto, Urayamashi, I'm very, very jealous of where you were. Like, you have no idea, and I wish if I could, I would have given everything to join you. <laughs> did you guys talk about it when I was gone? <laughs> we did mention, because I said, Urayamashi, I'm so jealous because Ken is in Japan right now. Yeah. And that's why he can't be with us. And I really wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, nice and cool. It was a uh, very brisk, fifty, forty degrees. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Everyone thought it was crazy because I didn't have like a down jacket or like a heavy winter jacket. And I'm like, nah, it's it's fine. I think it's not that cold enough yet. And then yeah, sure enough, I was wearing a sweater. A t-shirt, sweater, and jeans for a majority of the day. The only time where I had to wear, like, a layer or something like that was when it was, like, early morning or or night. So. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I enjoyed myself. I very much enjoyed myself. I went to, went to Fujisawa. I went to the beach because it's winter and everyone thinks you're crazy for going to the beach during the winter. No one was there. <laughs> So it was very nice. It was like 55 That's, that day. I was going to say, that sounds like what our October feels like usually. However, our weather has not gotten cold yet, but next week we're going to be in single digits. Yeah, so... so there there was mean, times where it was like getting to like, like close to... F- 30-ish, but and, uh, it was... I think the only time it was like that was when uh, when it was raining, but that was only on my first day, and it only rained during the morning, and then... So I carried this umbrella my, the entire time, and it was, like, fucking useless. Or it was, like, freaking useless after that. <laughs> so I just looked like an idiot holding an umbrella for, like, a majority of the day. <laughs> Did you at least have a foldable one? Yeah, I had, I had, uh, no, it wasn't foldable. It was like those long plastic ones that you got for five dollars. And then, and then, and then on my last day, um, not not the Monday I left, but the day beforehand, uh, one of my last full days there, it rained during the nighttime, and I was like, oh, you know, I hate this. I'm just gonna buy an umbrella just in case. The next day it was sunny, and I was like, cracks. I don't need this umbrella no more. <laughs> So I just left it in my hotel room. I was like, man, that was a waste of $5. I'll never see again. <laughs> it's fine. I had, like, I had more money than I, I could spend while I was there. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Did, yeah. did you pick up any um, cool goods? Did you go to any like vinyl shops? CD yeah, so, shops? Like, so Tower Records now in Shibuya, has ter- they have one floor that was just full of vinyls and... I was debating on it for like the longest time. I didn't think anything of it when I was going to buy it, but I should have in the in in the terms that I should have bought it when I was there because it was um they had both First Love and Hatsukoi on vinyl 
and I didn't think anything of it up until I came back. Like, literally, when I came back and I was like, oh, I understand so much now why those two <laughs> were on vinyl. Yep, I knew about that release because I saw it online and I really wanted it, but I couldn't justify the shipping price from getting it from there to here. Yeah. And, man, so I haven't gotten... So let's just say my husband has been super into vinyls lately. So we've gone to so many flipping record stores. It's not funny. Yeah, it's and not like, I'm all the Shibuya, I'm looking forward to going back. All, all the all the Toro records now has converted one floor into vinyl record. Um, vinyl record floor. So like, yo, if if we end up do going, that'll be a one thing there. Like I said, as much as uh, I know you guys don't want to miss Halloween back home, I think Halloween in another country would be very interesting. I'm trying to convince him because I would absolutely love that. And I know a lot of artists do Halloween concerts. And man, mm-hmm. if I could get tickets to one of those, I would be crying in happiness. And also just being in, there in October, I mean, good weather, not as many people go. I mean, besides Halloween, I know it's packed in Shibuya and Shinjuku. But I, I have like a lot of places I really want to hit up and I'm kind of getting back into vinyls, but I'm being very specific in my artist. And I feel like Japan's been releasing a lot more artists and vinyls, but I also want to track down like M-Flow vinyls, some IU, some Koda, you know, stuff like that from back in the day. I, I think it'd be and it'd be fun just to, I think, to celebrate over there, you know, I would love that and i always take the last two weeks of halloween off anyway usually yeah like for for me it was is overall i had fun i got to hear what japan is mostly into nowadays for the music wise because i was literally just standing there just listening to stuff like you know contrary to popular belief people freaking love kenshi over there they love that chainsaw song and i know we weren't the biggest fans of it but I, they they freaking love the hell out of it i'm not surprised so did you get to go to the shibuya crossing yeah 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 and they had what some was things playing on the billboards that's what i'm curious about because that's my favorite thing is seeing like the all the pop culture and the billboards and what's so, you know what's current right now. So let's see here. I, I took a picture of it. Let me let me let me take a peek at it real fast. Cause I took a picture of when I was there because I crossed it a couple times and I was like, you know, this is the last time I'm probably gonna see see it for a while. So let me just take a picture of it. Oh, so they were full into World Cup stuff. So that that was one thing. Um. Jail one, jail one is a huge thing there. Not really surprised about that. I'm not either. Uh, a group called G Team was also on there. <laughs> um, one of the stuffs from Code Geass, The Lost Stories, was also there. That was the gaming one. Um, there was a couple of other things as well, but it was a majority like. World Cup stuff. I can see that because I remember when we were there and they had that Samurai Blue Soda because of the World Cup going on. 
And I I know Japan loves soccer and they have a great soccer team and they made it they made it super far. So I'm I'm not surprised that that was there. Yeah, so for the most part, they were just celebrating that they have a I noticed this like they used to have one that was just an international floor for Tower Records. But now they have a straight up just international and then K-pop just k-pop and it was just it boggles the mind because i'm just like i went to the k-pop floor and um i saw renford renford was there because he he just so happened to be in tokyo during that time so i just i was able to catch up with him as well during that time and it was mind-boggling to see just all these k-pop groups that i don't think have a japanese debut yet but have a just their korean releases are available kind of thing and i was just like talking to him about it and he's like yeah k-pop is hella crazy right now so this is not surprising that pretty much any ta record right now would have a a k-pop only floor so um I'm not surprised either, and it's kind of interesting from, like, when I was last there in 2014 until now, and I remember the K-pop sections because at that time, there were a few artists I was looking for specific releases, like 4 Minute, 21, After School, you know, and it was like a, they had a wall of it, but it wasn't like a whole floor, you know, it was a, a section, and it was a decent section, but not, you know, like it is now. And into that retrospect, you know, I'm not surprised the effect it's had on Japan, and it's probably bigger there than it even is in the U.S. I mean, you go to Target, and they have a whole section of K-pop. Barnes & Noble does. Walmart does. And it just is like, wow. And some of these are ones most I've heard of, some I haven't. But I can't imagine going to Japan where they're, you know, they're closer to Korea so they can get all those releases easier. So I can't imagine all the groups that they have right now because I feel like Korea, there's so many groups that are debuting and coming out and they haven't even come to Japan yet. And, you know, with how the industry is and seeing a lot of these K-pop artists hit the Oricon, you know, I'm Tower Records and all those other ones are probably trying to like, hey, this is popular. Let's get all these. It's just crazy to see how far it's come since back when I was super into K-pop till now. I honestly never thought I would see a lot of K-pop and J-pop expand as much as they have. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's that's the huge thing there. And yeah, overall, it was interesting to see what was being released. And then I think right the week I was there is when the... Nogizaka single was coming out so it was it was the top chart for that and we'll, we'll talk more about the Nogizaka song in a little bit here but just seeing what was being hit and famous and what was being famous because of what's popular right now so we were able to I, I was able to see some people that are inside the industry um, and they were very surprised on a lot of things of how internationalized Japanese music has been becoming. And they, they obviously, they want to do more work with that. And it's interesting to see the other side of stuff because obviously, you know, if we're listening to, like, for example, 
I mentioned that I had really ended up really liking Subtitle by Official Hige. And the reason why that particular song got to the regular public right now is it's related to a drama that is super, super popular right now called Silence. And to the point that I mentioned that I'd listened to it, having no frame of reference to the drama and saying, I just like the song. And they were saying, oh, it's really popular right now because of the fact that it's attached to this really, really, really over popularized drama and that I, I was told that I should watch it and I was like okay <laughs> apparently it, it, it the, the finale was happening during that time and they everyone was talking about it on the on the internet and entertainment news waves so but wow that is crazy so it's interesting to have that frame of reference to be like yeah we only listen to certain artists because of the fact that they just release good stuff while otherwise for the general public for Japan unless you're a fan of them you might not even know some of this stuff re- even released unless it's attached to a super popular thing like an anime or a drama so but overall I had a good time I had a very a a very very interesting time in the last couple days when i was in japan and overall you guys can come (laughs) go right ahead (laughs) i'm probably i'm probably going to be making a couple more uh, trips again soon you live closer than me so the tickets are way way cheaper right now i looked up prices to go even looking at next year it's about two grand to 2500 for me to go Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually I wanted to see if I could go meet you there. So I'm like, oh, you know, I really want to get away. I know it's not gonna get approved their work, but let's see. And then I, I looked at my friend my, my team member and I'm just like, Oh, twenty seven hundred if I try to leave for Japan tomorrow. Oh yeah, I would assume that to day of trips would be kinda <laughs> Oh yeah. But then I looked at next year, like April, May and June and it the prices were pretty much like all staying over a over like seventeen hundred. They were all almost two grand and more. And I, I, even I would say I was I would really say sad. I would say this much. I would try to space your trip. I think one shotting a trip to Japan from where you are at and even where Gray is at as well is probably ill advised. <laughs> oh, I can't one shot it. We don't have any ones that go or, out like, there. No, I like, would... like like break it up like spend a day in cali and then from cali take a one-shot trip to to and Japan. that's easy done because i have friends in la so i can easily do a stop in la go there do another stop in la stay and then come back so we got friends in burbank yeah works out so, so I, I might end I up would, doing uh, that I would suggest you do that because I would think that a domestic flight to California is much more within your range and then going from California to to Tokyo would be a little bit much more cost not 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 cost effective but a little less undamaged to the wallet so to speak. Yeah, a Cali still ain't cheap. It cost me 470 round trip just to go to LA for like 4 days. 
However, I will make Japan happen again because I miss it. And if I could find a shop there, I'd be very happy. Maybe. Or at least when I could travel back and forth. And I'm glad you had a good time. And I'm also happy to have you back. And that we got to talk a little bit about your trip and what's popular in Japan, because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions sometimes of what's popular over there versus what's popular over here. And it's always nice to see and hear what's going on, because I do really feel like there is sometimes a disconnect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's 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 like I said, it's very interesting to kind of kind of see see that way happened. So... But overall, let's let's kind of move on to the Oricon here, I guess. And this week was fairly interesting. <laughs> it is very interesting. And I I I feel like there wasn't like a ton ton on it, but at the same time what was on it was like memorable in different ways. Some was, some wasn't. It's yeah. like it was a mixture of like memorable and oh, I totally expected that when I saw that name. Yeah, you know that, that that's the thing at this point for for uh, certain artists that we're getting into. We've we've tried and we we already kind of know what to expect, and sometimes they surprise us, sometimes they don't, but for the most part, <laughs> they kind of don't. <laughs> But with that, let's continue on to number 10 here, and it is Reverberate of the Moonlight EP by The Birthday. And there were kind of interesting. It was unique. I will say out of everything that we listened to this week, this is probably the most memorable due to its not, I mean... I, I don't want to say it's not a genre we hear often type of thing, but at the same time, it's just not quite, you know, like you, as soon as you hear the opening, you do know what you're getting, what type of rock it is. And to that, to regards to that, it's, it's either going to be a hit or a miss. So I feel like the people who absolutely love the style that the birthday brings to the re- uh, re- reverberate of the moonlight EP, you know, They'll be like, oh, my God, I love this. Or you're going to be like, this isn't for me. I respect what you're doing. It has a unique sound, both instrument, both uh, composition wise and vocally. But it's not my thing. And I do fall on that ladder of I totally get what you're doing. This is a very unique sound, which makes it extremely memorable. Mm. I'm not going to forget this. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> I'm also it's not the style of music I prefer but I also get the audience. It's a little out there. It's weird. I do like that about it. It's uniqueness. And I respect that. Yeah, no, that, that that's for darn sure. Um, it, it was, as soon as I heard the opening and some of the composition of how it was working, I was just like, oh, I kind of can see where this is going to go. And as soon as I heard the vocalist go on from the birthday, I was just like, yeah. I expected this style of rock to happen, and sure enough, it did. <laughs> yeah. And overall, you know, it's eccentric enough that I appreciate it. However, this isn't something I would usually listen to as well. So, 
Yeah, and I think me and me and you both have a very similar music style when it comes to things. I mean, there's, I mean, despite a few things here and there, and I'm not surprised we both felt the same way. But I do respect what Sukiyono Zankyo was trying to do. Yeah. You know, in that aspect, and honestly, it's like I, I think I could have handled it if it was just the instrumental wise, you know, the composition. But for me, like the type of vocals they use, which is very that a certain type of rock style, yeah, I think it, that is really what threw me. And it makes I get it, it. Unique. Like I get it. It's because it's a tie to the uh, the that anime movie, the first slam dunk, which is very much would be the era of this style of music and punk yes. style of music. To be to be perfectly honest, so I get it. I really get it. It's just in a modern sense of time, it's not going to garner the attention that I think it will to the general public. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like at that time period, it garnered way more attention because that this was a very, very popular style. And a lot more people were into it. And now it's more of like this niche type of thing that you got your your certain group that really loves the style that the birthday brings. Yeah. And, you know, with with Tsukio no Zankyo... Overall, it w- it was great. Uh, it it did what it needed to do, but it's just not driving for me. <laughs> for us, I agree. In general. <laughs> yeah, it's memorable. It really did what it needed, but not our type of music. <laughs> yeah, regardless, it didn't jive with us. Like something yeah. we won't listen to all the time. Regardless, it sold wonderfully at five thousand three hundred and forty-five copies, and going on up to number nine, it is. Akaloi and Vermilion, uh, the Ensemble Stars EP for the Idol Song Season 3. So this is part of the Ensemble Star series. And with the Akaloid subgroup here. And it's it's anime. It's it's husbando anime. And I kind of knew what I was getting. Same. As soon as I saw... The name I saw, I'm going to butcher this, Alkaloid. As soon as I saw it, it was like the Husbando Anamu, you know, the Ensemble Stars. I already knew, because we've talked about Ensemble Stars several times in the past. And you know what you're getting when you see that name. So before I even listened to it, I'm like, I know what I'm in for. Your typical Husbando. So for me, it's like it's neither here nor there because that style to me sounds very similar to some of the other things they do. I mean, their vocals are okay. You know, it's just one of those things like you know what you're getting, so you know what to expect and it's about the same results every time. So you feel yeah. very along that metacore line. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, that's at the end I'll be all that's ending up what it is right now. So, but overall <laughs> It sold wonderfully at 5,605 copies. Going on up to number 8, it is Cinderella Girls by King and Prince. Now, I know the reason why Cinderella Girls have been kicking it off recently. And it's not for the reason you might think. And it's one of the reasons is because it's being used for all the international illuminations across Japan. And... It's very interesting. So seeing them in Tower Records for all the Johnny stuff, yeah, 
Holy moly, they are they are kicking off some steam. <laughs> so they are all over. Did you uh, happen to pick up any King and Prince while you were there? Uh, not this time around. As much as I wanted to um, buy CDs, at that point in time, I just did not have um, the room, so to speak. <laughs> the room to bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, still a solid song, and I can see why it's being used for the illumination, and I can totally see that popularity, because if you hear something while you're going through watching all that, you're going to want to purchase that because you listen to it the whole time. Yes, yes, exactly. But regardless, this week it sold a lovely 6,022 copies. And going on up to number seven, it is Orange Kiss by Snowman. Now, this is another weird thing that I didn't didn't know Snow, Orange Kiss was going to show up again. Did it show up last week as well? Yes, it did. Mm. So that's that's very interesting. So I'm pretty sure because of that, that finites that they are probably going to perform this song on the on the Kohaku. So that makes sense. I can totally see why. And like I I like Orenji Kiss. I'm not like head over heels for it, but I am looking forward to watching Snowman perform again because I do feel like they are great performers and even if I may not be too keen on a song seeing them perform it live really adds to it yeah 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 and that that's for darn sure and I think once we see the live performance one I think that will be the one that will really kick us over to really really liking this song because I, I thought it was okay when I, when I originally saw it so with that you know Orange Kiss so the wonderful six thousand and six hundred and one copies and going on up to number six which is something i finally understand what was going on here first love and <laughs> and uh hatsukoi by our good friend utada hikaru here and if i knew what was going on i probably would have bought those vinyls <laughs> i would have told you to buy me one i would have been like <laughs> get me one i will pay for shipping it to me if you get me one should have told you to get me one <laughs> yeah yeah I, there were some some vinyls that i saw over there that was just like man i, I really was debating on it like kieran kieran g had some good vinyls that i was just like old school kieran g stuff i was just like with the brothers oh man i would have done that but these are the 2022 renditions of first love and hatsukoi now i know that we love first love but we weren't really too keen on hatsukoi i know i was lukewarm on it i knew gray hated it but grave was already a hater of this style of utada already so i was also lukewarm i was about the same as you i i mean it it's hatsukoi definitely wasn't my favorite utada style but i never blatantly hated it i i will say with this so first love I love every rendition she's done because it is my top Utada Hikaru song. It will always be, and it's one that still makes me cry like a baby. Um, speaking, you know, of Hatsukoi, I actually enjoyed this rendition because I, I feel like it just vocally, composition-wise, it just felt like it flowed way better than the original rendition. Or yeah, the original I, version. 
I think the original version it has its it, it has its strings. However, I think personally that this rendition was a much better version of this because I, I, it's hard to explain it into words because of the fact that I think that her vocals got a little bit more toned during this particular recording of it comparatively than the first time around back in 2018 yeah and it was being honest it's been a while i did end up buying hatsukoi you know the album but i still didn't listen to it as much as the rest and going back though i don't especially after listening to the 2022 version i did go back and listen to the original you know again and i don't i didn't I know I was lukewarm on it originally. I think my opinions have changed a little bit. But I still think the 2022 version is... There are things I respect out of each. I honestly prefer the 2022 version. But I have certain parts of that original version that I also think sound a tad bit better. So... With that, you know, it, it's it's also very interesting because this also kind of puts a nail into Gray's, all of Gray's um, predictions for this past year. He was really relying on the fact that Utada will go back into retirement, but <laughs> because of the fact that she released these two, two singles, she, she ain't going back anytime soon, it looks like. No, she isn't, and I'm glad she isn't because I... I do like seeing releases from her and I also like I like seeing how her music has transformed over time. So it's overall it's very interesting to hear these two releases back to back and the fact that she's having 2022 releases of her top like love songs is very also very interesting as well and you know, with First Love, I I kind of understand with First Love because they were also talking about it in the social media sense. That First Love was kind of being on the rise again. So, overall. Not, not surprised. I feel like First Love also is a classic J-pop song. And everyone knows it. Everyone sings it. And Utada is an icon herself, so I, I, I'm not surprised it resurfaced, it resurfaced again. I feel like it resurfaces every several years anyway. Yeah. So, overall, it was, it, it was very interesting. <laughs> but, this week it sold their lovely 6,991 copies. And going on up to number 5, it is Alive by uh, Reona. And it's it's been a while since I've honestly listened to anything by Rayona. And you know I think this is what 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 is this? This this it's for some some other anime because she she's mostly being known as the anime singer anyway. She's falling uh, into that Annie song. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh she's she's the song that that uh 
that Alive is a part of is for Arknights. Uh, I don't know what Arknights is, so. <laughs> I don't either, and I I just haven't been up to date on a lot of the new anime coming out as like I used to. So, looks well, it looks pretty. Animation style looks alright, but I, I just I don't watch anime, so. <laughs> I do, just not. I'm just super years behind. I, yeah. I will say so. I've always I, I'm familiar with I know I know I've listened to songs here and there, but I've never really fully dived into her. I I did enjoy Alive for what it is because it is an Ani song. You can hear it, you know, vocal composition. Really, the composition. It's very. It has that distinct sound that you can recognize. It is obviously for an anime. And I mean, yeah, that can be a good and bad thing. I feel like sometimes an artist, they get stuck. I wouldn't say get stuck, but in a way I want to. They uh, they have that vocal, those vocals that really do fit with certain shows. So they get picked for them more often. And I feel like Reynoa really fits that, such as like Imer and Lisa. So a lot of people really start categorizing the Zanny song. And, and Alive does feel like that. It has the every like every little piece of this track you know it's tied to an anime and before i even looked it up and i heard the song not knowing anything about it and as soon as the music came on i'm like oh i guarantee this is tied to an anime and was i in the mood to listen to some anime music yeah i guess i was i needed something a little happier you know and i wouldn't say happy but you know that feel I think her vocals sound really good, you know, and the composition obviously falls into the that that same like a lot of anime do. Yeah. But I think the B sides are more where she signs shines because like Numb really stuck out. I thought that was my favorite track on there. Same. I same thought, to be honest. I thought Ichiban Hoshi was solid. I on like if you count this EP as a whole, I honestly think it's a solid EP. I mean, even if Alive is the weakest track on there, it's still solid because I I honestly am like, oh, this is actually pretty you know, for me liking each track, even if I like one more than the other, I'm like, great. It's very rare I find a release I like every track. I know why. I, I just found out why First Love and Hatsukoi are 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 uh, are uh, relevant again. It's because it's being used for this one Netflix show in Japan <laughs> that they're hyping up. Of course they are. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it has a lot of a lot of people in it. <laughs> With uh, Rayona, I even though I know this was gonna happen. <laughs> I I just wasn't feeling it for Alive, personally. I thought Numb and Ichiban Hoshi was a much better song, in my personal opinion. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I think Alive was probably the weakest track on there. But all in all, I think it's solid, and I kind of regret not buying it. But this also makes me want to check out more of Reynoa's music. Because I feel like I haven't dived in enough, and Numb and Ichiban Hoshi really got me interested and to get back into it like i should check out her other music that's that's original yeah well (laughs) but regardless with alive this week it sold a lovely 8351 copies 
And going on up to number four, it is Hisashi Budino Lip Gloss by AKB48. Not much more we can say about it, but... Nope. <laughs> no, not We said our pieces several times. <laughs> but yeah, with that, this week it sold a lovely 13,892 copies. And going up to number three, it is Must Change by Mabeshi by No Taigun. Now, this is a very interesting idol group that we don't really get to hang out with all too often here. So, what did you think of Must Change overall? So, I honestly thought... I know we don't really... We've never really talked about Maya Shiba no Taigan. And Must Change is interesting. I honestly was kind of indifferent on it. And I think it's because I was a little thrown off on some of the, just the composition and their vocals. I I don't feel like their vocals fit to the composition on Must Change as much. Yeah. And also, it really felt more typical idol-ish. That, you know, it felt more generic. Let's put it that way. I, I think Session Sonata was the stronger track because it had a more unique sound and they brought something different to the table. While Must Change just sounds like your typical everyday idol track, that they also, it also feels like they're not really sure what they want to do. It must change. And that was my other issue with it. While station Sonata not only shows this uniqueness, but it also shows they know what they're doing. So I feel like I, that's why I was indifferent on what to think of them. Cause I haven't really listened to any of Mami, uh, Mami Shiba no Taigun's music at all before this. It did make me want to check out a few other tracks to see if they're more like must change or more like session Sonata. Or yeah. they're a mixed bag like Gang Parade. Are they going to be like Gang Parade who's hit or miss for me? So that was my other question because I felt like this release was that 50-50 coin. Yeah, and they are part of that version of Idol that, you know, is in that old Idol group that we don't know whether or not is going to succeed or shake up the industry, so to speak. But it's very interesting to see them. And, well, I'm I might not think that Must Change is totally original. I really thought Station Sonata was much better, in my opinion. But one of the things that I absolutely loved by accident is I really like the instrumentals for Must Change. I like the composition, but it's the vocals that don't fit with it that throw me off, and I think that's the issue I have. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually listened to the instrumental on accident because I was driving and I can't just like pick up my phone while I'm driving and try to change the song because that's dangerous. So I let it play out and I was like, oh, I like this without the vocals. But regardless, this week must change so the lovely 17,303 copies. And going on up to number two, it is Sukiyomi and Irodori by good old King and Prince as well. And yeah, this song is hella popular too. <laughs> they were playing they were playing this all the time on the idol floor for for King and Prince. I am not surprised. This song is 
is still on here. And I'm honestly not surprised. I still love Sugiyomi. I think it's yeah. absolutely amazing. And I'm really glad to see them still on here with this. I think my mind will change about this release once I see it performed live. Because I am not too sold on it by just listening to it. But I think if I were to watch it, watch it, I think it would sway my mind of how I think about Tsukiyomi overall. And I also feel like part of it is because of the availability. If this was more available and not just YouTube, I think that would also make a big difference. You know, and... Also, with King and Prince, they are really good live, and they've swayed me in the past when I've been on that teetering level. And I feel like yeah. that with a couple Johnny's artists, where I saw them live and completely changed my opinion. Yeah. Regardless, Tsukiyomi and Irodori sold a wonderful 74,306 copies. I mean, if you look from Tsukiyomi and Irodori from Must Change, that is a huge gap. And it took number one last week jesus <laughs> but going on to number one this week it is koku niwa naimono by nogizaka 46 too bad gray isn't on here this week to be able to talk about this release because i would have loved to kind of hear what his take about this song release because he is more of the more uppity idol style of listener and he doesn't really like it when it's a much more slower composition and th this is to the point that a couple of our favorite songs me and you luna of nogizaka has been some of those tracks and gray just d does not want any part of it <laughs> yep i well, Kokuniwa Naimono, I, but Nogizaka, I'm, I'm very, I just feel like it's hard to put into words on my feelings toward them. I do feel like you do that this song was needed and they should have done this a while ago. It's not a bad song by any means. I actually like that they slowed it down. I think it really does show their vocals. Yeah. And that's really what they needed to do. They needed to take it a notch down and concentrate on the vocals and figure out which which is the strongest one of them to lead Nogizaka right now. Yeah. And I feel like Kokoniwa Naimono really does that. And even exactly. though it might not be a favorite of mine, it might not be a go-to, I really do respect that they finally did a track like this and it was much needed i actually think the special edition in whole is pretty decent because they do even though they don't fully change it up they're still the same old nogizaka they're i feel like they're going they're hopefully going in a better direction especially doing a track like koko niwa naimono yeah i i don't think i've it, it's been a while since i've been kind of singing the praises of of Nogizaka and, and you know as much as you know the last goggle of releases which yeah, I was saying no Hogyoku and Yoake Made and I sing out for sing out I hated that one but you know 
I don't think I've res- kind of attracted myself to a, a release by them since Kaidi Kaidi Michiwa. And that was not a Sage graduation back in 2018. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. And I feel like lately, I have just everything Nogizaka has released, I just have not really been into. This is the first one I felt, the first one I really felt like, okay, maybe they're going to go in the right direction because this is where they should have, they should have done this a little while ago. So hopefully. Coco, Coco Niwa and Aimono really changes that and they start to get their groove back because there are tracks by them like the last track I really really liked like really liked the synchronicity because I actually bought it yeah and that shows think, how long ago that was and I think that was the last song that I released by them but I actually bought bought was synchronicity mm-hmm. like and I plus sign Kaede Michiwa and I think Yoaka Made as well, as well, because that was another graduation song. <laughs> I think that was another song that both me and you ended up really, really liking. Yes. No, I agree. I, I mean, like, and I don't, I, I remember I did hit the plus sign on that, but it wasn't one I went out and bought. And when I go out and buy an Idol CD, that's very rare. I'm not going to by Kokoniwa Naimono, but it actually gives me hope that they're going in the right direction. They get a solid vocalist. You know, they got their solid vocalist to help lead the team and help lead the team in a better direction because this, you know, they really need to come back from their funk. And I wouldn't say it's like a real funk, but like, you know, start doing something that's a little more unique and that stands out and define their groove again. To find out what works for the team they have now. There we go. That's what I want to say. But, yeah, overall, you know, whether or not they kind of use this as a jumping point to find out what is wrong with them, we won't know. We said this many times for several of the uh, the 46s at this point, and 48s, but it's up to them, honestly, to kind of figure their their stuff out at this point. Because otherwise, I can see the... 46s and 48s just regressing into Morning Moo at this point now. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, regardless, this week it sold a wonderful 653,998 copies. Let's kind of slowly go on to the albums here before we kind of hit off here. That's what I was looking at, just because I'm curious. Oh, we got Itzy! I know I'm the odd person out excited about this. Yeah, so there's Itzy there. Uh, eight, eight, 80s. I would assume that's another Ateez. Korean group. Yeah. Treasures, Treasures is there. Another one. Right, right. Utano Prince, Sama's on there. RM looks like another K pop group. RM, he's BTS. He's one of the members of BTS. Oh, oh well, now I'm just going to get a bunch of hate mail now. <laughs> but. Oh, is it because they're on hiatus because one of them went to the army or whatever? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're on okay. hiatus because it's that time that they all have to register and go into the military. So a lot of them are starting to go off and do solo work. And yeah. RM is actually one who writes a lot of their own music along yeah. with helps produce and create it. So I'm not surprised he's the first one to really do a solo release with as mm. much input as he's done with BTS. 
Yeah. And the only Japanese <laughs> power release here is Power of Wish by Exile. And everything has a 17 and, and team, which is, I would assume, is also... It looks like it. I'm not familiar with that. No, they're a boy group, so... Really okay, a Japanese yeah, I'm not one. super familiar with them yet. So... Glad but, to see Exile on there with Power of Wish, though. But, you know, I always love me some Exile. Yeah. But, yeah. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ungakadu. I know we're a little bit over here and there. Mostly because I really wanted to talk about Japan for a bit. So, a little bit of a time crunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you got to talk about it because that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But, regardless... You can find us on all social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram at Ongakidu. You can follow the website where we talk about the Japanese music industry at Ongakidu.com. Be sure to check out our affiliate, Koryu Hunter, who is a retro streamer. Check him out at twitch.tv slash Koryu Hunter. K Y O R Y U H U N T E R. You can also follow our affiliate, Timbertaff, who is a a randomizer retro streamer as well. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaft, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who is probably very, very excited about all the Final Fantasy XIV stuff that's going to come out. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainStarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our lovely schmutt writer, Fangirl has no name. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirl has no name. F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast where me, Lou, Timber, and Fangirl talk about the gaming news on Podosaurus. This past week we talked about, about Pokemon, Dwarf Fortress, the Game Awards, and all the giggles and gaggles there. You can check it out by looking up Korea Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Ina Aiba, Roboco, Herobo, all the wonderful stuff that my daughter is doing, and just pro wrestling. Where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on several of these social medias, such as the Twitters, Anime List, Anime Planet, and Kitsu. Oh, and Letterbox. I log all my movies as luna maria 87 and you can find me on instagram as nerdy collector luna where you can see what i'm watching what i'm listening to photos of my absolutely adorable cats and i've been trying to be a lot more active on social media so you'll see me posting a ton more hopefully about what i've been listening to because it's that good old holiday season y'all but check me out there and you can also check out Gray at Ongaku Gray. But yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku Do. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We will catch you next week if I don't get a snowstorm. Jamatane!